When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Stars daily sports podcast. It's Tuesday, May 16th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. It's a big deal at Kansas State. Football coach Chris Kleiman is now the proud owner of an eight-year, $44 million contract, and both sides have to be pleased. On today's show, beat writer Kellis Robinette breaks down the terms of the deal. We talk about where it ranks in the Big 12 and what kind of statement Kansas State is making with the terms of the contract. Kellis also discusses what's happening with the Wildcats in the men's basketball transfer portal. And how about those Batcats? The baseball team is pointing toward an NCAA tournament appearance. Okay, let's get started talking Kansas State sports with Kellis Robinette. Kellis, does Kansas State football have a coach for life now? Pretty close. I mean, it seems like um, they're not giving them uh really much reason to leave anymore but yeah Chris Kleiman just uh it's official it's done he signed a new contract through the year 2030 doesn't mean he's necessarily going to stay at Kansas State until then but they're giving him a lot of reasons to stay uh specifically 44 million of them in the form of uh dollars U.S. dollars and (laughs) it's a pretty good contract for him he'll start off at 4.5 million dollars next year salary will max out at six and a half million by uh the end of the decade so he'll start off right now as I believe the fifth highest paid coach in the Big 12. And after Texas and Oklahoma leave and his salary bumps up, he'll be uh, number two or three in the conference, depending on how everything else shakes out around the league. So pretty good money, um, pretty good deal if you can get it to live in Manhattan on that kind of uh, a salary every year. And it's got some nice perks involved uh, at any point over the next three seasons if he wins eight games with the Kansas State. He gets an automatic one-year extension at his max salary tacked onto the end. So we're talking about this being an eight-year, $44 million contract. Uh, if they, if Kansas State has success for the next three years, it could be an 11-year deal just like that. So, um, yeah, like I said, they're not giving him much reason to want to look elsewhere for, for employment. Yeah, it sounds like coach for life to me. Let's go back to the to, to the money, the the – the annual compensation, it, it, it escalates. It's at 4.5 for 2023, and then it goes up to 6.5 by the end of the, the contract. So when you're um, when you're trying to place them among Big 12 coaches, are you taking the 2023 salary or the average salary, which ends up being $5.5 million over the length of the deal? I kind of look at it year by year. Um, it's hard to do it. Uh, average salary just because everybody else's uh, change varies so much from year to year. But yes, as I said, if, if you're going strictly by next year, his four and a half million dollar salary puts him at fifth in terms of the coaches that we know. We don't know per se what uh, Dave Aranda makes at Baylor, um, what Sonny Dykes makes at TCU, but we know Mike Gundy makes seven and a half at Oklahoma State. So he's one. Steve Zarkeesian, Brent Venables, and Lance Leipold, if you can believe it, are the other uh, four coaches that are in front of him. 
um, at least for just next season. But as I said, his salary will increase. It'll be um, up to $5 million pretty soon. And by the end of his contract in your 2030, it'll be six and a half million. And which, at which point he will have surpassed at least right now, everybody in the league, except for Gundy. Okay. I've gone back and forth in the, in the department of ranking coaches salaries. I'm, I always try to wonder what, the importance of that is, is there a recruiting component to for a program to have a coach have a salary out there and ranked among other other coaches? Is there some kind of advantage to being uh, among the highest paid coaches? Is there a statement that the school makes for having a coach be paid uh, among the best in the league? And I, I bring it up for a couple of reasons. One, I've known schools to overpay coaches for the, you know, for the image, right? For mm-hmm. the idea that look, we were we're taking our program seriously, and we're, you know, we're proving to recruits that if you come here, you're coming to a program that, you know, that pays its coach pays its coaches among the highest in the league. So that's how, you know, that's how serious we are about football. I'm I'm not sure. I, listen, I think Chris Kleiman deserves to be among the highest paid coaches in the Big 12. I think his results justify it. I'm, but I'm not sure Kansas State is the kind of place where you have to project an image with your coaching salary. I, I think this is merit-based. I, I, I honestly believe that 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 uh, that Chris Kleiman deserves to be in the top three or top five or wherever it's going to end up being. I wanted to. I'd be curious to get your thoughts on on that, Kellis. You, you know, you really have only covered two football coaches at Kansas State, and 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 honestly, so have I. I mean, I've and I've been around a whole lot longer than you have, but that's, you know, that's that's been the case at Kansas State uh, with Bill Snyder being there for so long, and now, um, and now Chris Kleiman appearing to be there for a long time as well. Well, I think there are a few reasons to do it. Number one among them is definitely merit based. Um, and that's really what Kansas State wants to be, not even just with coaches, but with player NIL, um, athletic director salaries, everything, professors even. Um, come here, prove yourself, and if you're the best in, in your field, we'll make sure you get paid um, a fair salary that reflects that. But everybody they brought in, you know, Bill Snyder was never the highest paid coach in the conference. Um, Chris Kleiman, when he first came here. Um, was among the lowest. Jerome Tang, I believe, maybe even was the lowest when they brought him in. So it's very much come in here, prove yourself, and then we'll uh, we'll take care of you. And it and not that you know the salaries they started out with was chump change or anything. They were making millions. So I don't not not trying to make it sound like they're making minimum wage here. But um, beyond that, I would say the reasons just to pay more are a few things. Um, that, I mean, there's certainly Kansas State is not the type of school that most people would look at and say, that's a destination job. That's a dream job. It can ter- certainly turn into that. You can win here. If you like it here, you can make a great career for yourself like Bill Snyder did. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, if Alabama came calling for a Kansas state head football coach, it might be hard for that person to say, you know what? I'm good. I just want to stay at Kansas state or in, in basketball. If Duke came calling, it might be hard for that basketball coach to say, you know what? I I'm happy at Kansas state. It happens. Um, I'm sure people here hope that it happens until, you know, until the, until they stop playing sports, as long as they've got coaches, but the more you pay, um, the harder it is to um, pry away a coach. 
And then um, thirdly, I would say that it, it does probably help when you're trying to hire a new coach. Whenever you do have to make a change, you can say, look, we've paid competitively in the past. Even if we're not offering you top dollar right now, if you win, here's clearly what you could be making down the road. And I think that helps. You know, what, one thing Gene Taylor is faced with that uh, that wasn't true a year ago, and it's a happy condition, is he's got to have to come up with millions more in the athletic budget to pay his football and men's basketball coach. Jerome Tang is, you know, he hasn't, you know, he, he is in line for a hefty bump after the first year Elite Eight run for him and now the uh, the contract to, to climb in. So, uh, you know, all of a sudden the, the salary pool at Kansas State may be the uh, the biggest expense on the, you know, on, on the the budget for not not that it wouldn't be anyway, but in terms of year over year you know, increase, that might be the biggest, if not one of the biggest, if not the biggest expense on the on, on the the budget list for the Wildcats. Yeah, I mean, next season Kansas State is looking at spending between. It'll depend on how much more they end up giving Jerome Tang, but anywhere between three and four million dollars more on basketball and football coaches alone, and. You know, that's not uh, that this stuff doesn't grow on trees. You can't just uh, snap your fingers and automatically add it to the budget. So Kansas State will have to, uh, you know, be smart in how they fundraise and smart in how they spend. But the one thing I will say is that um, there are certain things it's hard to um, raise money for, Um, you know, going out and saying, like, we want to. We're tired, tired of this coach. We want to get rid of him. Give us five million dollars to make it happen. Not necessarily buy out. Yeah. yeah, Buy out or. Um, you know, we need a new, you know, a new building on campus, even though we've already built all these other ones, we need something else. There, there can be um, donor fatigue and those kind of things. But if you're going to um, a, a booster and saying, look, things are going great, we need a little extra money to make them even better. Those are the things that people like to spend money on. So I don't think it'll be that much of an issue. Yeah. Hey, look, and speaking of the buyout, I thought, and you wrote about this, uh, it's in the story that we'll uh, link to. And in, in, uh, when we post this on KansasCity.com and Kansas.com is uh, it, it is it involves the buyout. And there's an interesting provision that uh, I want you to tell us about involving the president and the athletic director's tenure at K-State. Right. So <clears throat> this was not in his last contract. This is a new one. I've not actually seen this in any con- coaching contracts I've seen at Kansas State before, but. Um, so over the next few years, if another school wanted to come in and hire Chris Kleiman away or Chris Kleiman wanted to leave and do something else, he would owe Kansas State $6 million to terminate his contract, which, you know, you could argue maybe it should be higher, maybe it should be less, um, but that's what it is, $6 million. Um, but there is a provision in there that says um, if at any point school president Richard Linton or athletic director Gene Taylor is no longer employed by the university. So they leave, they retire, they quit, whatever. If they're not employed by the university, Kleiman's buyout for that year drops to $1 million. So pretty much um, that says to me, I really like working for um, my athletic director. I really like working for my president. If they're not here, I want to explore my options. Um, And that gives him an out to do that. So uh, it's an interesting clause that's put in there. Like I said, I've not seen it before. But it's not entirely all that surprising because I remember last season when someone asked Chris Kleiman, would you consider Nebraska if they express interest in you like people have reported that they might? And he said, I like it here. And one of the main reasons is because Gene Taylor is my guy. I like working for him. He hired him in North Dakota State. 
Game is big break there. Hired him at Kansas State. Game is big break here. So it makes sense that they would want to stay together. For sure. I see them as um, they are partners in this deal. And um, and, and it's, it's, it's been a, a good partnership as long as those two have been together. And to be honest with you, and I tell this to people who I see who ask me about Chris Kleiman and, uh, and, and potential next steps for him, I just don't think there is a next step. I think his next step is to stay at Kansas State for a long time and um, and continue to have the success that he's that he's had coming off a Big 12 championship season. The prospect, not the prospect, but the reality of Texas and Oklahoma leaving the league. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I think with Chris Kleiman there, you can, uh, given his track record, you can expect uh, very competitive football teams. Um, losing seasons would be the exception at Kansas State, as they were for Bill Snyder um, when during his his long tenure there. So, no, I I agree with you. I, I think more likely than not, he retires here. He's at a really good age for this contract. He's young enough that he's got enough energy to coach here with uh, you know to the next decade if they keep winning. But he's um, just old enough that he's not necessarily a job hopper. He's just old enough that he wouldn't be necessarily enticed by any hot new job out there. The one that people have worried about has always been Iowa. He's an Iowa guy. He's from Waterloo. You know, I think he maybe fits the Big Ten a little better than the Big 12 um, in some ways. So if there was any job that could maybe lure him away, it would be that one. Or maybe the NFL. I don't know. Maybe if that ever came up, that could be something he'd think about. But that would be about it. Um, but but like we've mentioned, there's Kansas State's given him plenty of incentive to stay here. And I think it's a well time because not only does it come after a Big 12 championship run, but like you mentioned, the Big 12 is about to open up. It's it's uh open season for anyone who wants to plant their flag to be the next Texas or Oklahoma. And if Kansas State has their coach in place, there's really no reason why it can't be them. Well, yeah, I mean, in terms of maybe national reputation, but competitively, I think Kansas State's been ahead of Texas, even though they haven't, the, the Longhorns have had some success on the field against K-State here and climbing. He, it seems K-State beats Oklahoma, can't beat Texas. It's kind of a funny little um, round robin those three programs have going. Uh, but But that does lead me to wonder about you know, Iowa, it, you know, that that is an interesting situation. It's always worth keeping in the back of your mind um, when when Kirk Ferentz leaves Iowa with the who the next coach there would be. But one thing that's absolutely true, given the the, the future of television deals, um, you know, the SEC and the Big Ten are going to separate themselves from the other power five conferences, including the Big 12. I think the Big 12 is well positioned to uh, keep its. Uh, schools, its programs, its fan bases happy with, uh, with with the contract that it's the extension that it's signed and uh, is going to be fi- financially secure through 2031. But there is going to be a, a gap um, in terms of average payout from media and TV contracts that's going to you know, really become obvious uh, when, when this stuff shakes out. And um, if just to use a round numbers, if the Big 12 is paying its schools somewhere, you know, between 35 and 40 million dollars a year, and the Big 10 and the SEC are paying its schools 75 to 80 million dollars a year, you wonder how that 
um, maybe affect the future decision making of attractive coaches in you know the, the Big Twelve, the ACC, and the Pac twelve. I don't know. We're not there yet, uh, but we are going to have a uh, a separate financial class that includes the SEC and the Big Ten and exclude the other three. All right, Kel, let's, let's take a break here. And when we come back, we'll switch sports. I want to talk to you a little bit about basketball. We are back on Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Stars daily sports podcast. We're talking Kansas State with Kellis Robinette, the beat writer for the Star and the Wichita Eagle. I said we're going to switch sports, but before we do, I want to get a quick scouting report on, does he pronounce it Eco or Echo Boy? Echo Boydo. Echo Boydo. Thank you. He just signed a free agent contract with the Chiefs. He was in Chiefs rookie minicamp and they uh, last week, and they have brought him back. So we'll see him. Uh, we'll continue to see him with the Chiefs uh, over the next few weeks when they have uh, when they have mini camp. They'll have a mini camp at the end of May, beginning of June. What kind of? He's a cornerback. He didn't get drafted, but what kind of player is he? Well, he's really smart. Um, he's a good talker. He's from a, a family, I believe, a really nice family in Lawrence. That's where he grew up before he came to Kansas State. I believe his uh, father's a doctor. But uh, what sets him apart on the football field is just his speed. He's a really fast football player. He was always one of the fastest people at Kansas State. And, <clears throat> you know, it was interesting. He uh, had an opportunity to come back to school as a super senior a lot of Kansas State football players decided to do that and uh, cash in on some NIL opportunities rather than, you know, be a potential late rounder or undrafted free agent. Uh, Echo decided, you know what, I've been in college four years. I, I want to take a stab at this now. And nobody really looked at him all that much as a draft prospect. Um, you know, if he was going to get in, it was definitely not going to be drafted. He would be a, a undrafted player that impressed his, uh, you know, impressed somewhere along the way. Um, but the, what started to change for him was when people showed up to his pro day, he had the fastest uh, 40 time of anybody at Kansas state when everybody was working out, he's just way faster than anybody. Some people had him clocked under four, three at his pro day. So that's just really fast. And he's smart. Like I mentioned, he knows where to go on the football field. And um, once he got his opportunity at Kansas state, he got thrust into action in a game against Oklahoma during the COVID year um, when he had never played before, everybody was really worried about what he would be able to do out there as a really raw sophomore. But he played great in that game, Kansas State won, and he started every single game for the Wildcats Wildcat since then for three straight years. So he really took advantage of his opportunity. Um, you know, he, he's uh, just a good football player, and if, can't, if the Chiefs need speed, he's the guy who can deliver it to them. They do have plenty of young cornerbacks. They've uh, they've hit them hit that position hard in the last two drafts. But sub four three forty is eye opening stuff, and you you find room. You know if he's got the other kind of skills, uh, then you, four sub four three will get you. It'll it'll, it'll get you looked at uh, and considered uh, pretty strongly. So I will say the 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 strange thing about him is he was never known as an interception guy. I'm not even I don't even think he had one at Kansas State, but I can't remember him giving up any any big plays ever. Mm. Um, he was not a guy you would look at and say, "Boy, he just got burned." So and nice quality to have as a corner. <laughs> yeah, listen, and he, and, he, and he went against you know good wide receivers in the Big Twelve. It's it's a great wide receiver conference. So. Um, definitely somebody to keep an eye on going forward for the Chiefs. 
All right. Speaking of names that uh, that I usually botch, but I think I've got this one down uh, as, as we talk about little men's basketball and roster construction for Jerome Tang's team, as with most teams, continues to be in a state of flux. But uh, interesting news earlier this week, or was it over the weekend, when Ernest Duday, the, the KU backup big man, 6'11", McDonald's All-America, dis, uh, opened up his uh, – uh, op- opened the transfer portal and stepped right in. Uh, <laughs> you know, after Kansas got uh, a big news with the uh, the arrival of Hunter Dickinson from Michigan, Ernest Uday said he's out. And among his schools that he is con- among the schools he's considering is Kansas State, along with Duke and TCU. What a you know, obviously a raw player, averaged only a couple of points last year for Kansas, but I saw some. Really nice upside for him. I think he's going to be a, a very, very good basketball player. Sounds like he is uh, plays a position that Kansas State – listen, any team would love to have athletic 6'11 guy. Um, uh, what, are the, what are the chances of him coming to Kansas State? Well, I don't know all that much about it just yet, um, other than, than what's just been reported online. But he apparently wants to visit Duke. He wants to visit TCU, and he wants to visit Kansas State at minimum here moving forward. He's going to give Duke the first look. I think he's there this week. He's going to try to hit Kansas State and TCU later this month. Um, and clearly he would help Kansas State if he picks picks the Wildcats. They need a big. Um, I talked to Jerome Tang last weekend, and he's very happy with uh, Tyler Perry, the North Texas guard they're bringing in as a transfer. Um, he was one of the best options out there add to their backcourt, but now he wants to add one more scoring guard. And a versatile big who can play both offense and defense. He doesn't have to sub in and out like he did last season with some guys. That fits uh, Uday to a T. He's got a lot of upside, very tall, can defend, can make shots. And even though, you know, his skills weren't totally showcased at Kansas as a freshman, you can see he's got really high talents. And if uh, he stays in college for a year or two, and develops, he could be really good. And, you know, at Kansas, there's a lot of other bigs you have to compete with for playing time. That's not necessarily the case at Kansas State. They do not have a true back-to-the-basket player that they can stick in there right now. So if he chose to came at, if he chose to come and play at Kansas State, he could really uh, showcase his skills probably a little bit differently than you could at Duke. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens, but that's very interesting. I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think a player has ever transferred from Kansas to Kansas State before for basketball. So that would oh, be I, I, this, certainly nobody who immediately springs to mind. Uh, nobody who's been here in the you know 30 plus years I've been around here. That would be quite the <laughs> quite the piece of news if if that's the case. Um, you know, I, I don't know this. I think the only only. Ernest Uday and Bill Self and, and the coaches that Uday is talking to would would know this. But I imagine he projected himself as a starter next year at Kansas. And and when Dickinson's, you know, decided to transfer in, that uh that that, that took his starting spot. So wherever he goes, I think he's looking he's looking for at least starter time, whether he starts or not, you know, some minutes in the high twenties. And uh, that probably wasn't going to happen at, at KU. I listen. I I envisioned a a situation where he and Dickinson would were going to play together. You know, have a twin towers situation. Apparently, that's not the way Kansas was planning to go for for next season. Uh, speaking yeah. of the portal, so uh, you you mentioned uh, Perry. Is, is he is his 
is it final with him? His, is, is he certainly a wildcat? Um, well, it's never final until they show up on campus. It's <laughs> one right. of the kind of the yeah, weird things about transfers is you right. can you can commit, you can sign, you can do the whole thing. Um, but until you show up and enroll on campus, it's not it's not final. We've seen players who look done and the day before they were supposed to show up on campus, they said, you know what? I've thought about some other things. I'm gonna go here instead. Because the the they don't sign what what is it that high school players sign? A national letter of intent? Yeah, yeah. Binding. Transfers don't sign that. They just sign, you know, scholarship aid papers that are different. They're not binding. So right. um they sign leases on apartments is what they sign. Yes, yes. So theoretically, if you know somebody else came in with us with a sweeter deal um within the next few weeks, I guess he could not end up at Kansas State. But he signed his papers. He said nothing but about how excited he is to be here. Um, he has a great relationship with Jerome Tang, an even better relationship with his with his assistant coach Jareem Dowling. I don't think he's going anywhere else. I think he's locked in, and they're really excited about him. Okay, and we talk about this um, a lot when we talk about college athletes and the the uh, the money they can make from NIL versus. Um, a, a non-NBA situation, you know, a G League or uh, overseas or what, whatever the the destination, non-NBA destination would be. Do you think this is entering the mind of Keontae Johnson? It could potentially. Um, I think if he <clears throat> is projected as a draft pick, whether it's first or second round, I think he stays in the draft. I think that that's what he wants to do. I think that's what Kansas State is planning for him to do. But if he has a bad NBA combine, if he doesn't test well with teams, and he kind of slides down the board a little bit, and he's going in the draft wondering, am I going to get drafted or not? I think at that point he starts to look and say, you know what, maybe I should come back to Kansas State. Maybe I should think about another year. Because, like I mentioned, Kansas State people like to pay for proven commodities if uh, – you've earned something based on merit. They'll open up their pocketbooks for you with coaches, with NIL. He would stand to make a, you know, probably low six figures if he came back to Kansas state next season. Um, again, not quite as lucrative as an NBA contract, probably not quite as cool either. I'm sure he would much as old as he is, would much rather just go ahead and play in the NBA. Again, that's his, uh, that's his aspiration. That's his goal. I don't think he's looking for a way out. I think if uh, he's a, dra- if he's a potential draft pick, he's going to go, but if it's starting to look like, you know, the odds are against him or he'd have to be an undrafted guy, then maybe he starts to look at coming back. All right. Very good. All right, Callis, let's let's wrap it up with a word on the Batcats. Kansas State's baseball team off to a great start as the um as the, the regular season begins to wind down. Uh, I, I I think they're NCAA tournament bound, no matter, you know, just assuming a you know an average finish to the end of the season. It might not be that. They could there could be more for them. Uh, playing for more. Where does it stand with the uh, with K State baseball team uh, led by Pete Hughes, and uh, what's what's the what's the potential for this bunch? Yeah, so it's looking like right now um, they're just going to be the latest team to make uh, NCAA regional. Um, the football team qualified for major bowl. The basketball team made the NCAA tournament. The women, unfortunately, only made the WNIT because they dealt with some injuries. But uh, the men's golf team made the NCAA tournament. So baseball looks like they're going to do it, too. It's just been a great across-the-board year for Kansas State Athletics. Um, they've got a series left against TCU. Then it's off to the Big 12 tournament. As long as they don't go over 
here down the stretch. I think they're in. They're probably going to be a three seed in the NCAA tournament, um, which means they'll be hitting the road to someplace else. But, you know, all they need is an opportunity. Um, they've they've got a, a team that's surpassed expectations this season. Um, I've been impressed with they, they've got a guy named Roberto Pena from Venezuela who slugged 15 homers this season. Um, we've got a guy named Brady Day who hits 353. It's pretty good numbers for college hitters. Um, their best starting pitcher, Owen Barema, has seven wins, and they've got a really good closer in Tyler Tyson Neighbors, who's up to 10 saves on the season. So um, some some polls have them ranked right now in the top 25. Um, for a hot second, when they won their first game at Oklahoma State this last weekend, it looked like maybe they could push West Virginia or some of these other teams for a Big 12 championship. Fortunately, they lost their next two games. I think that opportunity is out the window. I would be very surprised. They would have to sweep TCU and everybody else would have to lose. I don't think they're going to be winning a regular season Big 12 championship. But everything else is out there on the table. Um, a nice team with just a mixture of hitting and pitching. And um, if they can get hot at the right time, who knows? Maybe they could advance to a super regional or something like that. Yeah, it's great to see. And the next time we talk, we will uh, – Pull out the comparisons uh, for this school year of Kansas State with all the success it's having with the 12-13 school year, which has kind of been generally acknowledged as the the best uh, combined athletic success. Uh, I think this year might be better, but we'll we'll see next time we talk. All right, Callis, great conversation as always, and we'll do it again soon. All right, Blair, anytime. That'll do it for today. Thanks to Randy Mason for producing the episode and to our Sportsbeat KC production team of Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, and Scott Chasen. Tip of the cap to Callis Robinette for sharing his insights. Today's morning sports edition was packed with NBA and NHL playoff news, baseball, the NFL, you name it, it was there. It is the nation's top digital sports section. Check it out at Live Edition. KansasCity.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another Sports Beat KC, where we talk sports in Kansas City every day. <laughs>